local news all the time. Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking News is on the air. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Call Mark Willis now at 888-876-2336. Weigh in on the top news stories. Road Dog Trucking News starts right now. Hey, drivers, want to welcome you to the first hour. Let's get the show up and running. This is Road Dog Trucking News. Thanks for being out there. Let me give you the phone number to call into the program and get this thing started. I am broadcasting live from the Mid-America Truck Show. We are in the Pan-Pacific booth. And, man, we are back again. You know, one of the uh, things I first noticed when I first got here to Louisville around midnight last night was the snow on the ground. They had a big winter storm that moved in, and it was like, what? I left Dallas-Fort Worth. It was 75, and so I got off the plane, but I uh, just kind of shook my head and said, okay, i got to find a hotel room, and uh, here I am. Uh, so it's good to be back, and it's good to have on board Tim Ashoff. He is the president and chief operating officer of Crete. And, man, it's good to see you again. How are you? It's great to be here again. It's man, Time flies, man. It's hard to believe it was a year ago we were sitting here. Yeah, absolutely. It was good to see you on the road in Indiana because uh, I was up in your part of the world. I was at the uh, Conagra facility, and uh, thank you for inviting me up to that. That was a lot of fun. Well, thank you for joining us. That was, yeah. a, that was a great experience for me. As you know, I spent some time uh, going across country, stopping at truck stops, yep. just being out there with the drivers, and then culminating it there at a uh, big shipper and receiver. And uh, to see the, in, the other side of the, sh- of the uh, Docto, as we said, and yep, yep. that was a really good experience and learned a lot, and hopefully your listeners learned a lot as well, and, and certainly I hope they see that we're out there trying to make the life better for them, the drivers. Yeah, what are you hearing from drivers? I know you've been walking around talking with drivers and uh, other companies and vendors and things like that. Are, are folks optimistic? How are they feeling right now? I think they're feeling pretty good. I'm, I mean, you, you kind of got this dichotomy you talked about earlier. There's a lot of talk out there still about ELDs and what is that doing to drivers. But at the same time, you know, freight's strong. So yeah. that means miles are good. You know, pay is going up. We raise driver pay. Others are raising driver pay. Uh, we are maximizing drivers' hours. You know, we have as many miles as a driver can, can run, uh, it seems, these days. Uh, you know, there's always pockets of the country, different times. Okay. There's there's, yeah. there's weather, like uh, up in the sure. northeast is sure. weak and things. But in general, you know, January and February, typically slow months for trucking, but this year, really strong months. So overall, I think it's, uh, you know, it's an optimistic mood out there, and that's great. Is it a capacity situation? Is that what's going on with this? I think it's a combination of both. Okay. Um, you know, we talked to a lot of our customers, and, and they're not blowing business out of the water, but they're doing better than last year. And and it seems like universal across the board. So everyone's doing a little bit better from the shipping side. And then, you know, we've seen, you know, drivers continue to leave the industry. That combined with the, you know, the ELD mandate. And, uh, you know, I think the combination of those two uh, really have made a capacity crunch at the same time that demand has been increasing. You know, a lot of uh, folks have been talking about what higher interest rates might mean for the trucking economy overall. At, uh, in fact, the Federal Reserve Board is meeting today, as a matter of fact, to decide what they were going to do with all of that, maybe raise today, I think, a quarter basis point. Higher interest rates, what does that do to the trucking industry? Does that maybe mean repositioning some of your assets in order to maybe, uh, to maybe better utilize uh, for strategic operations? Well, you know, I, I think if the if the, uh, the the Fed does as they are and are taking logical small steps, and and that those steps being taken with the economy still growing at the same time, it's not going to have a huge impact as far as business from a freight perspective. Now, from what a company does from a capital perspective, because the cost of capital could increase as, sure. as interest rates go up, uh, that varies by business. You know, we're lucky to be debt free, so uh, our cost of capital stays pretty much That's the great. same. It's That's how great. much can we return? You know, make returns on on that capital. Capital. Sure. Uh, but I still think at the interest rates that they are, they're still so very low given historic um, you know, interest rates that 
most companies are still going to be able to invest in equipment, invest in, in systems, invest in infrastructure for their own facilities, that I don't think it's going to have a big impact on trucking at this point. Now, if we get a couple of years down the road and the, you know interest rates continue to rise, then yes, it will. It's got to be a good feeling to be debt-free, right? Oh, it's great. Man, you know, it's particularly coming off these last six, seven years. Sure, you know, that sure. wasn't a fun time in, in trucking, you know, and right. so to be able to continue to invest, we just opened a brand new 14 million plus facility in Harrisburg, PA, uh, and, you know, continue to buy brand new trucks, trailers, keep our fleet modern, to be able to do that in a time when, uh, you know, the, the trucking industry wasn't so hot is just a really good feeling, and it's great for our drivers. Yeah, and, and explain, how is that great for the drivers? Well, because, you know, out there, if you don't have the capital that you can continue to invest in um, equipment, that means your equipment's going to be less reliable. Okay. So, you know, you're out there on the road less as downtime. a driver, less downtime. The other thing, it means it's going to be less fuel efficient because as every new model of, of truck we've gotten has been more fuel efficient. So if we can't gain that efficiency out of the truck, then you, you, we only have so much dollars we get from our shippers. So that means that's going to take out a driver pay because, you know, we have to keep operating costs at a level. So if you have inefficient equipment, then you don't have the funds to increase driver pay. So when you're debt-free and, and able to do that, buy the new equipment that's more efficient, you're able to do the pay increases that we continue to do during that time. All right, drivers, hey, jump in. If you want to talk with Tim Ashoff, he is with Crete. And the phone number I've got right now, if you want to jump in, it's 888-876-2336 all across North America. love to get you on board. I know drivers will look you up on the web. How can they find you by the website? Just go to www.cretecarrier.com, and we're there. That gives you access to all of our companies, Crete Carrier, Schaefer Trucking, and Hunt Transportation. All right, what are you guys doing as far as looking for drivers? Drivers, the overall driver shortage out there. The uh, some of the numbers I was reading uh, from the American Trucking Association indicating we're about fifty thousand drivers short. Seems like it's an ongoing problem. I mean, with the graying of the population and drivers moving on, what is being done from your perspective? You know, it has been a, a problem, and I think what is what is good to see is that you know the drivers and there's several, and you've seen them studies out there where sure. driver pay has not kept up with other industries. Um, inflation's been going up over the last twenty years much more than driver pay and what I think we're going to see uh, and we're a part of that and, and we need to increase pay and we have been increasing pay is we need to get that pay level for drivers up they, they deserve more and for what they do the hours they work during a week um, that whole pay needs to come up a whole step grade and I think with the market that we're seeing as I mentioned with the capacity the way it is um, and with us as ship as uh, as uh, carriers being able to get rate increases from shippers, we're going to finally see some of that uh, bigger steps in driver pay. So hopefully that'll retain the drivers that are in the industry and attract more because you know it's a sacrifice, it's a trade off. Sure. You know, if I'm going to have more home time, uh, you know, and not have road expense, you know, what what do I? What do I get for that? And, you know, pay is a big thing. Uh, when you look at also, to the available labor pool that uh, is out there, uh, you know, many have said, well, we need to have 18-year-olds behind the wheel to get them started. I know that there was a measure being introduced today, as a matter of fact, uh, in Congress to that effect that would allow 18-year-olds basically to get behind the wheel. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But, you know, that is something the industry has talked about for quite a while. And also, we've got the military. We've got women that want to get into the industry. Is it a situation? with that that maybe many in the military that are exiting or maybe many women just don't know the process of getting into the industry. I think that's a part of it. Now, good thing is, I think over the last few years, we as an industries have made progress in okay. all of those areas. Um, you know, talk about eighteen-year-olds drivers. You know, my my personal feeling has always been, 
you know, I think we should allow 18-year-olds to drive within at least a region. You okay. know, you know, I, I'm from interstate. Yeah, well, in a, across some state lines, because okay. you know, say, sure. for example, I'm from Nebraska. Um, Omaha, Nebraska has got sure. you know the Missouri River running right there, and Council Bluffs is on the other side. So we have a, uh, an 18-year-old that could drive from Omaha to Sydney, Nebraska, and go you know 400 miles almost, but they couldn't go two miles across the Council Bluffs. So my thought was always, you know, allow a license that lets the driver drive within you know 700 miles of his home or sure. something, and then. That gave them experience starting to get over the road, but still understand the area they drive in, the weather they drive in, the topography they drive in. And so that was my thought. I think what came out um, in Congress was more of a, an apprenticeship-type program sure. or make sure they Would get the work? experience they need. So I think that's a good balance um, because I think you know the key to any driver, but maybe particularly a younger one, is you, it takes a lot of time before you face all the things you're going to face as a driver. Right, let's go to the phones. And again, drivers, if you want to talk with Tim Ashoff, he is the president of Crete, the phone number to call in. It is 888-876-2336. First up, we're going to go to Ron in Kansas. And Ron, I want to welcome you to the show. Question or comment for Mr. Tim Ashoff. Hey, Ron. Hey, buddy. Hey, welcome, sir. Hey. I uh, appreciate it. Hey, I just want to say a little bit about the ELDs. Um, I think they're a good thing. Okay. Um, the only thing is I think there's a few adjustments. And one adjustment that I, I quite don't understand, if you go in to work for somebody and you take a lunch break, you punch that time clock, you're off the clock. Um, when you come back, excuse me, but when you come back from lunch, you... Um, you punch the time clock again, and when you punch the time clock again, now you're back on the clock. But on the ELDs, when you go to lunch, that's coming off your 14-hour shift. It is. Yeah. Um, if you want to stop somewhere and buy a set of shoes along the way, you see a good deal, you need a set of boots, that's coming off your 14-hour shift. And that's right. an adjustment they ought to make. I mean, I think the off-duty hours should be like it used to be. Yeah, that's something we brought up earlier uh, during the uh, roundtable. We were talking about the fact that maybe if we allowed drivers to have that flexibility, maybe to stop that clock for whatever reason, not increase the driving time, but maybe give them that flexibility to stop the clock like that, then maybe that would be a benefit. Ron, thank you for the phone call. And what do you think about that, Tim? I mean, the rigidness of the day itself, I mean, 14-hour duty day, 11-hour driving time. I mean, if you got to stop for shoes or if you got to go to, I mean, if you don't want to go through Atlanta at 4 o'clock, how much of a benefit would that be if the drivers had that flexibility? So I, I think there's there's obviously going to be some benefit to that. I think actually having ELDs is going to you know lay the groundwork for that to actually happen. Okay, so definitely. Because, because I think the FMCSA, before we had, because this rule about the 14-hour rule has been in place since, what, 04, 05, okay. you know, right. something like right. that. And so I don't think they were as willing to, to even look at that because they didn't know without e-logs whether or not people were complying with the 14-hour rule in the first place. Sure, sure. So to get flexibility to it, I think they were kind of throwing their, their hands up in the air a little bit. But with the e-logs, the e then I think they can be certain, you know, what are drivers really working and are, are we making them work too much? Or, you know, can we give the flexibility where, you know, you're talking about lunch and other things, but what if it's you're coming to Chicago at rush hour yeah. and you're better off stopping for a couple hours sure. and doing that? So I know they're doing some studies on doing that split break with e-logs with limited number of fleets. And I think some of those results of those studies could show that in the end, we may be better off having some flexibility. Now, how they do it, whether it's a driver can do that three times a week for two hours or something sure. like that, we'll, we'll have to work through that. But I think e-logs is going to be the, the, the avenue 
that the FMCSA will use to allow for flexibility. So the door could be open. The door could be open. And with this, uh, would this also be able uh, to allow the drivers to maybe look at this from a safety standpoint? I mean, if they are having to maybe go through the city of Atlanta at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, if they can stop that clock and not go through Atlanta at 4 o'clock, maybe they can get a rest or a nap in. Does that improve driver safety? I think it does because it's less stressful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've driven through Atlanta at 4 o'clock in a four-wheeler. Four -wheel. That's stressful it's for me. With 18-wheelers, yeah. you know, it's got to be even more so. And then, you know, they, that allows them to stay out of that stress while at the same time getting, uh, you know, some rest for themselves. And, and, you know, then if they only run for a couple hours after that, we're still within a, you know, 14, 16-hour period. I still think we meet the intent of the rule, which is not switching their circadian rhythm. You, do you think we're also going to see more of a regional drop-and-hook type operation, more regional hub-and-spoke based on that? So I, I think... We've seen that already, quite okay. honestly. Okay. So sure. we've, we've had uh, um, e-logs really since about 2010. And so with that, we had to say, how do we take this tool and make it the most effective use uh, for our drivers? Because we still need them to be pr productive. And so there's two ways we did that. We needed to go work with our customers and say, hey, how can we ensure we use every minute of that driver's time? Mm -hmm. And let's be more productive. Let's do more drop and hook. Uh, let's look at the length of haul of the load and what's the optimal length of, of haul. And then let's take the information we're getting mm -hmm. from the e-logs and match up those drivers that have the perfect hours for those loads. So optimizing their time by putting them on the right loads because we know what hours they have. You know, with the big data we're talking about and the technology that is out there, many are saying that, man, if we got autonomous vehicles out on the road today, that this is really going to be a benefit to the industry. I mean, the talk about the autonomous vehicles, is it real? Or is it just something that makes for a lot of good conversation? You know, I, I think it's real. It's the timing of when it's real <laughs> is, is maybe a little bit farther out than sure. I think uh, we think. And I think there's also going to be a, some applications where it may be real a lot sooner. You know, okay. maybe some okay. confined port areas or other things. But as far as for over-the-road applications, which is the core of our business, you know, I see it being a long way out. Plus, I also see, see there's going to be a, a valuable a value. Um, valuable need for a driver in a truck. You know, I, I have drivers often ask me, am I going to be put out of business? Yeah, and I said, yeah. you know, no. I, that's a logical It question. is. It is. I said, well, yeah. first of all, I don't think it would be for a long, long time. Okay. And second, um, when's the last time you've flown? They've had autopilots on sure. airplanes for right. many, many years, right. and there's still two pilots sitting there. Now, do they do all what they did 20 years ago as far as flying the plane? No. They're doing more monitoring and, and those types of things. They're still doing key parts like takeoff and landing. Right. But to me, that's like you know, that's delivering. You know, <laughs> When you go to your delivery site, pickups, I think drivers are still going to be needed. So I still think there's, you know, the driver's jobs are going to be secure for a long, long time. You know, One of the stories that's been in the headlines recently was the uh, story involving Uber and one of their passenger cars. Uh, there was some technology malfunction and it ran over somebody. There was somebody behind the wheel, uh, and some of the video came out. You could see that she was looking down, the driver looking down, not looking ahead. But Uber decided that they're going to stop all of the production or the studying for the time being and then resume it at a later point. How much, how much skepticism do you think the public has just looking at autonomous technology overall? You know, I, I think it's it's mixed because the public likes technology. We all like technology. Hey, we, you know, we love our smartphones. We love sure. all that. We love to see the advances. So we see where it can be beneficial, but safety, uh, especially with respect to trucking, yeah. you know, is, is on the opposite side of that coin. You know, the public generally looks, as you know, unfortunately, and I think in, for, for wrong reasons, often looks at the trucking industry as, you know, you know kind of having a black eye with respect to yeah. safety, but, you know, we don't. We've, we've had great improvement in safety in the last 20 years, but I really think they're thinking 
Boy, that's an 18-wheeler with 80,000 80, pounds out there being yep. driven by technology. Am I comfortable with that? And the first time a truck has a situation like Uber did, yep. I think you're going to get public outcry saying, no, 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 we've got to stop this until we know it's you know absolutely certain it's it's good. Let's go to K-Bar, who's going to be first up this time. Let's go to K-Bar in the state of Alabama. K-Bar, welcome to the show. Question or comment, sir, for Mr. Tim Ashaw. Afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm good. You all were talking about the driver shortage, and something I never hear anybody mention is, in my opinion, a big part of the driver shortage is that we have a huge shortage in available workforce. Because the economy is so good right now, everybody who wants a job has a job. They can get a job. You don't have to go around with your hand out begging for a job. It's an unusual circumstance that we haven't had in 30 years. So, and it makes it really difficult to get people to come into truck driving. Truck driving always depended on an available workforce that, well, I can't get a job in my chosen field, or I can't get a job here in my town, so I'll go drive a truck. And right now, can't do that, because everybody who wants a job can get one, and everybody's begging for it. Law enforcement, construction, yeah. medical field, departments, everybody's begging for workers. Okay, Mark, thank you, man, for the phone call. Talk about that. I was reading a story, this was like six months ago, that 75% of the people that apply for trucking industry jobs don't get it. They get washed out. I mean, that for whatever reason, application-wise, something in the background, that kind of a thing. Talk about the workforce. Uh, is K-Bar spot on in your estimation? You, you know, there's a lot of truth to what he says. I think we are, um, you know, coming closer to full employment. I still think if you look at the labor participation rate, there's more uh, available people out there. And they are, but they are coming back. I think, you know, if you look at the recent numbers, there's more and more people. I think, uh, I think in fact, we're at a record for the number of, of laborers in the, in the U.S. workforce. But, you know, overall, that's a great thing for our country. You know, that means our economy is yeah, doing yeah. well. That means there's opportunity for Americans to, to do Better jobs, different jobs, improve their careers, even you know, moving up to, to trucking from a lower-paying job. He, he's right on that. And that's what I think is going to drive, as I mentioned before, the, the trucking industry for our pay to come on parity with more similar industries um, because there is that competition for the worker, not only amongst us trucking companies, but for us and amongst other industries as well. And, you know, I talked to a lot of our customers they have challenges getting warehouse workers. That's a big, you problem. know, and that's a big yeah. problem. And again, that's a yeah. that's that's a manual labor type position in many ways. And uh, those are paying pretty and, well, and, they, and they're paying pretty yeah. well. Yeah. So if if uh, you know, I, I know a lot of our our customers are saying we're paying uh, you know forty thousand dollars to for um, working in the warehouse. Well, right. If they're doing that, we for sure should be paying sixty thousand dollars for you know a truck driver. Then. Right. Yeah. Same thing with diesel mechanics as well. That's mm -hmm. another area that we could do a whole show on. I got a break for a few minutes here. Uh, drivers, if you want to get on board and talk with Tim Ashoff, he is the president of Crete. The uh, phone number is 888-876-2336. And man, it is great to be live at the Mid America Truck Show in Louisville. We are in the Panopus booths, so jump on in. I've got a lot of folks that are holding and try to get to more of the phone calls for Tim. But first, though, let me update you as to what's going on with traffic and weather. Let's do that this minute right here on Sirius XM. All news, all the time. Now, back to Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis. Hey, drivers, again, thank you uh, for being out there. And let me give you the phone number to call into the show if you want to jump in live across North America. It's 888-876-2336. It is great to see Mr. Tim Ashoff. He is the boss at Crete. And uh, you're also connected with the American 
Trucking Association, which is legal. Council. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm on their uh, litigation council and I've okay. been involved with that okay. for a number of years. So, yeah. Okay, great. I yeah. do want to get your website out there. You've, you're a very busy person. How can they find you? So they can find us at uh, creekcarrier.com, or if you go to Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, the Creek Carrier Facebook page as well. All right, outstanding. Let's go to George first stop in Kansas City. George, welcome, good sir. Question or comment for Tim Ashoff. Hi, Mark. Well, um, I was going to say when you had the whole gang on there before, I was laughing because I got, I got to meet you last year at the show. and uh, Yes, sir. I remember you. I, I remember, really remembered that. I thought it was, we had a great conversation there for a while. And uh, I had to laugh because, you know, nobody on the radio looks like what you would imagine. <laughs> no, you know, I've, got a, I've I, got a phase for radio, believe me. Now don't give up Mark's secret. I, <laughs> really. I, I, I had to laugh because I saw... Meredith and, and Chris and KC and, you know, um, nobody looks like what you would imagine. <laughs> sure, and, uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I've got a voice but, for newspaper and a face for radio, so it's a good fit. Yep, yep. <laughs> and for a month, about in 1983, then I worked for Crete on a very limited basis. I We had a baby that decided to be a month late, and my brother-in-law was running for one of your guys, and this guy was one of your original drivers when Creed opened the door, and I was hauling, hauling uh, up to Sioux City and, and uh, just down to Crete, and you know, short hauls like that. The guy had a, I can't think of the guy's name. He had a cab over Kenworth, and it all okay. ended one day when they sent me up to Norfolk Rendering, and yeah. I had no idea what a rendering plant was, and that was the end of that. Um, okay. If, well, if you know what I'm saying. But you know, you talk about raising pay, and their pay is really short of where it needs to be to be to bring the people in this industry that need to come in here that are educated. And, you know, I hear they want to talk to college graduates now about getting into the business and, and do like that, you know. Um, the pay is still really, really short. But the only way the pay is going to go up is the rates have to go up, and and it's market and I've seen about a forty percent increase since December eighteenth, which is really good. But you know, you know, and you guys are only you know the small part of the industry, really. But what's going to happen to get the rates up without everybody complaining that they're getting overcharged for all of this stuff? Oh, absolutely, George. Thank you, man, for the phone call. I appreciate it. That is kind of like a like juggling chainsaws, right? It is. It's, it's two things. Yeah, you know, the rates you know do need to go up, and and fortunately, like like George, we've been able to increase rates. Uh, for us, we need to be able to increase rates on a long term, sustainable basis, and then you know that's that's what makes uh, us successful. That's what makes our drivers successful. We, we can't have these peaks and valleys, and so we have a lot of good quality customers that we're working with to do that, and they understand what's been going on in the market for capacity. But the other thing that then can actually help earnings and then actually, you know, customers are, are being more open to is making our drivers more productive. Mm-hmm. So you're really getting more pay if you're getting more miles. So, you know, certainly taking time out of loads. You know, pickups and deliveries should not take more than an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. Doing drop and hook. Scheduling, um, you know, the loads that are, if they're a... Uh, 
650-mile load, don't schedule it for three days. That should be a day and a half. And those are the things that we've really worked hard on over the last four or five years, as I mentioned, since we've been on e-logs, to work that into our system. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's not only the rate of pay, it's using those as a 660 minutes of drive time sure. each day to the maximum. And so if we can do a combination of both, um, we can get more pay for drivers while shippers not having to pay as much because we're getting more miles um, during a sh you know the, the same amount it's of time. It's a win-win. Yeah. It's yeah. a win-win situation. George, thank you, man, for the phone call. And uh, I've got to get ready to wrap it up with Tim. And, man, it's really good to see you again. And uh, we got to do this again, as a matter of fact. And It's, it's uh, great to be on. It always goes so fast. Uh, it does. Yeah. It really does fly by. Let's get your website's phone numbers out there again. Sure. Yeah. Look us up at uh, creekcarrier.com or give us a call at 800-998. 2221. Got a whole team there of Crete, Schaefer, and Hunt folks would be happy to talk to you and tell us tell you about uh, what it's like to be a Crete family member. Outstanding. Thank you, man. Right. Good to see you. Drivers, and again, that is Tim Ashoff, and I'll post a link up on my social media site as well, uh, where you can find him. I've got to get ready to go to news. Let's do that at the bottom of the hour. Let's do that this minute, as a matter of fact, right here on Sirius XM.